0: Welcome to The Mandalorian Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim. My name is Matt, and joining me in the co-pilot seat is Pete. Hello, the Pete.
1: What up, all my mandos and mandats? The Mandalorian Podcast by Fantastic Geek dons our helmets for Chapter 6, The
0: Prisoner pete let's talk some schedule ahead let's not forget star wars fans the next episode of the mandalorian it is true there is no new episode next friday that's because the next episode is wednesday wednesday december 18th that ahead of uh rise of skywalker the following day if you're going to your early preview shows or certainly ahead of the uh the movie weekend some special preview or something promised there so synergy with a capital s And exciting times, certainly, as we count down to one more, you know, one Mandalorian, a Star Wars movie, then one more Mandalorian, then back in the Dune Sea of our hearts, Pete.
1: Yes. So we will be recording The Mandalorian um, and it will drop on Star Wars Saturday, as is always the case. So get your feed back in a little longer. Uh, tale to be able to do that also get your feedback in on rise of skywalker it'll be rise of skywalker sunday so star wars saturday star wars sunday this coming week matt it's weird both uh Watchmen and star wars will produce a ninth episode this week
0: it, it it's all <laughs> i don't know it is this weird convergence plus you know to look at this schedule that we're about in the middle of of all the busy stuff in november through the end of december and to say uh you know mandalorian two episodes left star wars skywalker saga two hours left watchmen tomorrow night's episode and that's it i don't know what we're going to do oh wait i do pete luckily we have uh runaways that will help us round out the month and help Help bleed into the New Year's, uh, you know, the New Year's extended uh, holiday and whatnot. But it's just crazy to have all these things going on at the same time, and crazy in a great way.
1: Yes, nine hours remaining for the uh, Runaways Rundown podcast by Fantastic Geek. Nine episodes left there. Uh, I mean, nine episodes
0: nice- left. Episode nine. There's nines are everywhere. Pete. Once yeah. again, we seem to be, as I've mentioned on the Watchmen podcast. Uh, I think Alan Moore is writing all our existences.
1: I think he is. Uh, we've got you a pair of short treks as well over on the Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek. And getting ready to give you Star Trek Picard in the new year as well as the return of God friended me. So no rest for the wicked. What do you say we get to the hunt? The Razor crests engine hisses as it docks in a space station and the mandalorian passes some maintenance types including a welder so it's clear they can't be trusted
0: indeed pete those sparks flying always tv code for some naughtiness up ahead i will say that as mando makes his way through the docking bay here rick famuyiwa choosing to my mind too tight a focus like i see mandalorians back in focus i get it i can see nothing else except for three feet in front maybe he's trying to make me feel as though i'm a geriatric yoda uh type creature i don't know but eventually maybe it's not quite eventually maybe it's fast but uh, this out of focus stuff bothered me a bit but anyhow quickly He's meeting up with Ran, an old friend who hasn't seen him in a long time. But Ran has heard things, maybe guild problems, but uh, sweep under the rug because the policy here is that there are no questions.
1: Yes, and Mando's welcome anytime. The job? Well, one of their associates ran afoul of some competitors and got himself caught. So Ran is putting together a crew to spring him. He's already got four and needs a fifth as well as the ride Mando brought. But the ship apparently wasn't part of a deal. It's apparently the only reason Ran let the Mandalorian back, though.
0: Yes, and we get this kind of quickly unfolding backstory, uh, at least as we are presented. Of course, the, the characters themselves are navigating it just fine. Uh, It's mentioned, as you said, Pete, that Mando was good on the crew, um, but now he's introduced to the gun-toting Mayfeld, who's going to be in charge of this mission. Uh, In the past, Pete, why did Mando prove himself so well? He said that all he wanted was some target practice.
1: Yes, and Mayfeld, a former Imperial sharpshooter, not, not a stormtrooper
0: a chuckle worthy moment there um we also have uh mayfeld uh saying that he's not impressed with the razor crest which kind of was this moment and there's many in this episode where it's like why are you so mean to the mandalorian the child and to the ship uh i think it's clearly so that we do not dislike this bunch of rogues pete unlike the other rogues of rogue one where they were likable rogues or han solo the likable rogue here we're just not supposed to like them but um Not impressed with the ship. Uh, Mando also gets introduced to Berg, uh, that muscular devil uh, played by Clancy Brown, who immediately is his face looked kind of familiar. But the minute you heard that telltale voice, it was like, you got Clancy Brown for the Star Wars live action TV show. Dave Filoni bringing him back from uh, from, you know, animated work for Star Wars. And uh, welcome, Clancy Brown.
1: Clone Wars, yes, played Savage Oppressed, the uh, brother of Darth Maul. The but, most uh, heavy
0: handed named character in the history <laughs> of Western fiction.
1: But uh, yeah, after Mayfeld refers to the Razor Crest as a Cantobite slot machine, the introduction of this uh, Demeronian Berg is almost subtle by comparison.
0: Now, Pete. I think let's just pause the narrative right here for a moment to address the, the uh, I don't know, wampa in the room, the elephant in the room. How many millions of voices cried out in terror as there was a reference to Canto Bite, as there was a reference to The Last Jedi, which, as we know, ruined the childhoods of 30, 40, and 50-year-olds throughout the galaxy.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll pause some other time for that. Uh, Berg thought a Mandalorian would be bigger, given their reputation. Droid Zero and Twi'lek, female, Uh, Gian, an old flame of Mando's, round out the five. But uh, it's all good, Matt, because Gian is all business now, as we head to the title card.
0: Zero looking like a fly, by the way. I think I would have verbalize that at some point but my daughter was the first one to say it out loud as we watched pete have to mention quickly that she wields knives uh and that's her cool trick that will be used later on uh but as you say title card the prisoner a little extra kind of oomph in the the theme music as we get the mandalorian title card by the way uh but after it we have zero checking out the cockpit stumbling across the message from grief Karga about delivering a package uh and pete that's the maybe not quite the setting of a secondary story clock but it definitely is kind of the the click 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 of a secondary story roller coaster clock thing
1: Chekhov's quarry perhaps Uh, Mandalorian learns that the package here is being moved on a fortified transport with a limited window to board. They have to find their friend, get him out before they make their jump. And uh, the Mandalorian also notes that the hologram is of a New Republic prison ship, meaning their man was arrested. He's not looking for maximum security security
0: heat um and also that distinction of it's not just attack bad guys who have a bad guy because these bad guys want it it's he broke the law uh this prison ship too by the way expected to be manned by droids no way they're setting up any sort of change to that expectation as the story unfolds zero joins the briefing and questions using the razor crest all these problems with the ship, what with the leaking fuel and the, the hyperdrive that's only 60%, 67% efficient. Um, but RAN says that the ship is completely off the grid, both Imperial and Republic, uh, and that it'll also help with uh, jamming the signal. So that's why they've got the ship here. is going to pilot it. Mando, Pete relegated to just Trigger Man status.
1: Yes, because there's a ridiculous bank they have to do to get into the blind spot there, and only the droid can do it. Uh, How can Ran trust a droid? He doesn't trust anybody.
0: Mando, of course, doesn't trust Zero in this whole lack of trust that's going on. Uh, Some planting of story seeds for later. Uh, The raiding party ultimately enters the ship and uh, leaves what is finally revealed to be a space station uh is annoyed with berg pacing uh berg is impressed with mando's weapons locker which pete we call the weapons locker i think that we should start to call it a a weapons fridge and i'll tell you why (laughs) anybody can open a fridge at any time a locker needs to you know lock and apparently all you need to do is just key mash the you know Phone keypad across from it and it opens anytime you want to anyone. Um, maybe Mando is going to replace it at some point because after he comes down the ladder, he and Berg butt figurative heads while Mayfeld tries to keep them all on track for the mission.
1: Yes, and uh, we have some background here, which is just enough to tantalize everything else going on. Uh, Mayfeld, mindful of personal space he says that, uh, you know, Mandalorians they're supposed to be the greatest warriors in the galaxy, but Berg wonders why they're all dead. Gian tells them to ask Mando about that job on Alzoc 3 uh, but he did what he had to do and uh, she knows he liked it and who he really is but Mayfeld thinks that maybe there's a Gungan under that helmet since said no wanna show Hissa face.
0: So just as we're checking off things here, in case the audience isn't completely clear as to whether Bilbo's cool, Mayfeld character is cool or not, uh, you know, some kind of vague latent racism here on the part of Mayfeld, albeit towards a fictional uh, species. But I think nonetheless there's the whiff of... You know, the, the, the whiff of all these people being not the cool rogues, but you know, Pete, maybe they're, they're leftovers from star Wars underworld that Rick McCallum is still working on the script. what's the latest script number over there?
1: I don't believe it was just for underworld, just for the, for Rick McCallum's live action show. They're up to 1.5 billion scripts.
0: Uh, it'll be great when it finally gets made. Um, Ultimately, though, the group now is kind of chiding the Mandalorian to show his face. Uh, Berg and Mando tussle, and perhaps it would have escalated. But the, speaking of easily to press, uh, e- easily pressed uh, buttons here, the door button gets pressed to uh, to open up the door for Pete. What I'm kind of calling the child's Heidi closet. I mean, it's not kind of as depressing as a closet. It's not. Go go, sit in the closet, you bad kid. But it's also kind of like the closet, playroom, safe area, but closet for short.
1: Yes, and uh, then Mayfield is peck- picking him up here, pretending to drop him right before Zero drops them out of hyperspace. Final approach and cloaking signal flip the ship here, and the child falls, and the coupling is engaged.
0: Luckily, everybody is okay, the child included, although, you know, a little certainly a little thrown around there. Uh, we are introduced to a floor entry port that uh the floor opens up, and then we see kind of the airlock. They safe crack the code, bleep, bleep, bleep. They're able to open the portal into the ship. Uh Mayfeld is the first one to go. He dodges. Pete, here's where we need to work on some language here. What are we calling the floating black security droids? Relative to the walking security droids.
1: So from the floaty part up, they are R1 droids. Um, The issue is we've never seen them hover before. There's an R1 in the uh, Jawa Sandcrawler, or rather outside of it in uh, A New Hope.
0: So... I think for our purposes, maybe we'll call them R1s and the walking ones security droids. How's that sound? Sure. All right. So a bunch of R1s or maybe two, one or two R1s floating on by. Uh, All the crew jump down. Mando is last. He considers the baby closet before he steps down. Pete, as you know, I just said that the R1s just walked by. So real quickly, Mayfeld is like, all right, guys, let's go here. Let's go there. Inside Voices Mayfeld. Nobody told you Inside Voices, not even the director or anything.
1: Yes, Zero activates bio trackers to keep tabs on them, and they begin to pass prisoners, including a four armed Ardenian like Rio Durant in Solo and an Imperial officer.
0: Uh, eventually, a mouse droid finds them, then skitters away. Before it can get too far, Berg blasts it. Pete, that now draws the attention of four security droids. Again, that's the ones with feet. Uh, the The Valiant crew is cornered, but hey, where did Mando go? Turns out he's looped around. He attacks from behind, slicing and dicing, smashing and crashing, takes them all out in pretty short order. The tide is turned, but Mayfeld holds the crew back, letting Mando uh, not only take out that four, but the two more that then pile on in the situation there the last one getting downed with a blaster shot to the head and uh, the crew don't seem particularly grateful
1: these droids of the new republic highly reminiscent of the old republic droids if you've ever played any of those games
0: it also had crossed my mind too kind of you know vaguely similar to the the uh First battle type droids. of battle droids, yeah. So it's kind of like, here we are, man. Thirty years later, finally the, finally, you know, them new Republicans are in, and it's <laughs> kind of the, the same as it was, you know, before that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know to what degree it was like, oh man, circular things. We can't get away from, you know, we can't get away from how things are done. But I digress. Um, at the control room or sensing the control room, Zero notes that there's an organic signature in there and uh, oh man pete it's tv's matt lanter he of timeless and also uh wait a star wars connection
1: yes the voice of anakin on the clone wars so we have Savajo press and anakin in an episode in which uh producer dave filoni appears as an x-1 pilot it's all clone wars
0: connected uh, and let's not forget pete uh, season 7 of Clone Wars, the new season, the final season, oft put off season and rewritten and fixed, etc. season coming to Disney Plus in uh, in February. So something tells me while Matt Lanter was around for this, you know, hey, can you record your lines, etc. Uh, guns are out. Cell 221 is ID'd as the location of the prisoner. Uh, the control man, Devon, uh, also takes out a tracking beacon classic western style where Mm -hmm. guns are drawn but there's also enough time for your hands to move and take something out of your pocket uh one press of this tracking beacon and the cavalry will be on their way uh mando tries to de-escalate he holsters his gun hoping that uh devon will accept the trade of his life for the beacon but then guns are back up pete how are we going to get out of this standoff
1: again trying to talk him down from it, but it's Jian who chides Mayfeld for leaving this detail out about the New Republic attack team that could blow them all to heck. Um, And she's the one to flip one of her daggers at Devon and take him out. But of course, out of his hand falls the beacon which is now setting off a distress signal that Zero has uh, detected. And they have approximately 20 minutes. But Gian says they'll only need five.
0: The crew hits the halls, uh, Berg body slamming an R1 droid, then throwing it into another. Uh, This just an amazing little moment of, you know, alien strength and... Kind of vaguely setting up the notion in a little bit uh, that we'll return back to that he's impervious to high heats, but also just an incredibly cool moment.
1: At cell 221, they open it and free Quinn, who Mando immediately recognizes um, as Jian's brother. The man who left him behind has now returned to save him, but unceremoniously, they shove Mando into his cell and leave.
0: On the Razor Crest, Zero has gotten more info about the guild and the whole Mandalorian situation. But Mayfeld doesn't want to hear about it. Just get us back to the Razor Crest. Uh, the Mandalorian in the cell uh, grappling hooks a security droid. Uh, you know, there's some some gunfire there, bouncing all around. Ultimately, the droid taken out. Uh, his arm is used to unlock the cell pete i would have liked maybe a medium shot showing the exact i don't know the exact way in which yeah the the, which the mandalorian had his arm and then the other arm and whatnot but you know through the magic of tv and film we know that he gets out because we see him out um mando's on the loose and heads back to that uh prison security room prison control room pete he starts button pushing what does that lead us to
1: Well, of course, it creates a situation where he's locked everything down. He separates the crew. Meanwhile, comms go down as Zero is informing the crew. um, And the child comes to the cockpit, which creates a highly tense situation, our attachment to this child and the red security light aboard the prison ship, intercut with this game of cat and mouse on both ends.
0: Uh, We also have Zero grabbing a blaster when he turns, though the child is gone. Back on the prison ship, Berg and Shion are tasked with finding the Mandalorian to kill him. Quinn, meanwhile, telling Mayfeld to make a beeline for uh, the Razorcrest, his sister be darned. Uh, the Mandalorian picks up the Chekhov's tracking beacon. I'm sure that won't play into things later on. Uh, the search for him continues with uh, Quinn promising Mayfeld triple share if Mando is caught. And uh, Pete, I know we're super worried about the child, but on the razor crest, you know, we're cutting between a bunch of different moments here, but on the razor crest, whew, the child is smart enough to hide from Zero.
1: Yes, as he continues to try to track him down here. The Mandalorian and Berg tangle in that control room. Ultimately, you mentioned before, the uh, flamethrower used to zero effect on uh, Berg because, you know, devil, high heat. Uh, But ultimately taking him out with the doors and you you don't fully appreciate that it is assumed Mandalorian has killed all of these people until obviously the end of the episode, but they so sell you that with each encounter the doors later with, um, Gian and then Mayfeld that has taken them out.
0: So Berg now, uh, taken out of the story, presumably, as you said, Pete dead. Um, we have, uh, Gian is the one who finally finds Mandalorian throwing her space knives with glowing purple things on them most bounce off a few miss one does seem to hit flesh uh but nonetheless the mandalorian closes the distance and seems to take her out maybe best of all is when we're with mayfeld again we have the red emergency light we have the white alarm light strobing and uh the director here is showing his very very best in the flashes We can see the Mandalorian approaching, but only in every other flash. It's just an inspired choice. Uh, Then in horror movie style, he's behind Mayfeld, who cries out. Pete, then the story takes us somewhere else.
1: Yes, Mando and Kin here. um, And it's down to his code. If he kills him, there's no bunny. Kin drops the blaster. He was hired to do a job, the Mandalorian was. Where's your code? Where's your honor? This all as Zero is zeroing in on the child. He draws the blaster on him. The child's hand is adorably outstretched. Is he going to use the force? And there's a shot, but not at him.
0: No, we see uh, Zero fall, the Mandalorian behind uh behind zero uh cut to the razor crest uh, arriving back at the base triumphant uh ran looks at the ship curiously as it lands uh with the Twilek bro and mando being the only two to step off uh what happened to everybody else no questions asked that's the policy the job is done and mando gets paid uh quickly he closes the ramp takes off getting ready to leave Rand gives him a little goodbye, then calls for a fighter to be sent up to the the, the launch bay here, uh, a fighter to be sent after the Razorcrest. Kill him.
1: This, as um, the beacon is found by uh, Kin, and uh, we see as the Razorcrest is just about to head to hyperspace, three X-Wings jump in here, take out... The uh, droid fighter, which is a modified version of the uh, the type that General Grievous's robotic bodyguards had back in the Clone Wars,
0: and uh, not just that, Pete. On second viewing, you could see them just starting to fire on the base. Uh, some of the uh, the inspirational art with the credits show the base being attacked further. So I guess, you know, fate unknown, or I guess to be fair, you know, uh, the art is not canonical. What we see is just a couple of blips and blasts on there. So, you know, presumably it's okay, but maybe not. Regardless, we are back on the razor crest. Uh, The Mandalorian gives the child the switch knob from a couple episodes ago, and then end up back on the prison ship where Mayfeld, Berg, and Shion are in a cell, alive, waiting to be found
1: let's chase down some theories
0: pete in the the great you know star wars canon is this the first introduction of x-wing pilots trapper wolf jib dodger and sash ketter It is. So uh, Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwa, and uh, Deborah Chow all making their on-screen debuts as X-Wing pilots. Pete, I look forward five, nay, ten years from now, there's going to be a Sash Ketter action figure. I want my Jib Dodger uh, role-playing template pod thing to add on to the main set. I want to have Trapper Wolf... Uh, I don't know, the Trapper Wolf short story, etc. cetera. And uh, this is where Star Wars minor characters come from.
1: Yeah, long been a tradition to include directors in the film series, but now doing this in the TV show, including the director of this episode. Really, really neat detail towards the end. I mean, you, you immediately recognize um, Dave Filoni, Upon his appearance and his cadence of his speech, and uh, I mean, Matt, we've had the presence, uh, the the pleasure to be in his presence, um, you know, a couple times, and to see him on screen here, all the more delightful.
0: Does Dave Filoni's character Trapper Wolf wear a wolf T-shirt under his <laughs> uh, under his X-wing getup? There.
1: Oh, I, I mean, undoubtedly, and I'm I'm sure there's wolves all over you know one of his helmets
0: so this episode i'm not sure how to feel about it pete i mean i get that we're with rogues that are worse than the mandalorian and they're the bad guys and whatnot i like that we have a heist thing going here but it's
1: the old train robbery man we we hadn't done that western trope yet and now we have
0: true so uh, I guess I guess here's my question your thoughts that we kind of vaguely put on pause the slow and not particularly urgent season-long storyline of mando plus the child plus whatever resolution will occur we kind of put that on pause for the train robbery your thoughts on that as a story decision
1: is it any different than what's gone on the Previous two episodes so when we talk about sanctuary okay episode four what's he trying to do lay low it doesn't work out okay last episode tries to go to tatooine and uh you know take a job earn some money actually, actually he, he has to take a job so he can fix the ship okay uh that's a misadventure And then this yet another misadventure. That's in the uh, style of this type of story.
0: Then I won't use the phrase getting back on track because I don't feel that we are off track. But in these remaining two episodes, will we be back with the client? Will we be back with Dr. Pershing? Will we finally get the answer to who was Mystery uh, Spur? you know, spur-boot person at the end of last episode, Uh, will we get Giancarlo Esposito's character finally? You know, like, what are your expectations for the serial story in the remaining two episodes?
1: Well, of course that's got to happen because we've seen footage that hasn't appeared yet. But again, you know, what this show is and the through line, I mean, the thing that I was on Pins and Needles was where is the child Um, and you watch it again and it's clear why the Mandalorian didn't want the razor crest used is because the child is hiding in it Um, but you know we're 11 minutes into this episode uh, which somebody note is is definitely a statistical thing we had 11 minutes in the second episode before anybody said a word 11 minutes into this episode the child is found in the ship and Again, emotionally we are super attached. So to me that is the story The child with the Mandalorian what is ultimately going to take place there?
0: And I think that's where maybe some people sell this show a little short in terms of it's using the tension that we already bring to cook in tension in his, in what otherwise, in, in some other show, you know, in an episode of Firefly or something like that would be just here to do the train robbery, here to, you know, and, and, and that's sort of the apparent lack of urgency on The Mandalorian's part, the lack of furtive looks as his eyes glances from here to there, because of course we don't see his eyes, the lack of all of that is because you know, uh, Favreau and Filoni and company are trusting in we, the audience, to bring that and they don't need to oversell it as, you know, him going up to the closet door and saying, all right, my boy, you stay here and stay hidden. Like, we can just bring that ourselves, which is this, it's refreshing to have simple stories that bring complex emotions and we, the audience, are asked to kind of bring our complex emotions, not to necessarily have it over the top all the time.
1: And the Mandalorian even confirms that they had had that talk. He and the child, uh, at the end of the episode that told you it was a bad idea kid. So, you know, trust in the story, trust in the characters.
0: Pete, I know in prior podcasts, I've mentioned my love for the, uh, now legend novels, tales from Jabba's palace and tales from the most Isley cantina, uh, Can we hope that maybe one day in some sort of, some sort of forum, there will be tales from a New Republic, uh, prison transport, somebody came up with a better title (laughs) because who are all these cast of characters here? I'd like to know a little more.
1: Well, that's what I think is the most tantalizing aspect of this episode.
0: Though we name
1: check a New Republic in the sequel trilogy films, we glimpse very very little of it um that you have the home world of the new republic taken out in the force awakens hence the resistance is really the last hope for freedom in the galaxy so that a new republic is thriving five years after return of the jedi they're using x-wings to enforce the peace um They've got transports filled with, you know, uh, with prisoners, some of which we identify from their clothing, some of which we can identify by their species. But, you know, we've never, ever seen this time frame, this handover who took over after the Empire. So with every little bit here, we're filling in what's been a really, really blank page for some time.
0: And also one senses, you know, a rather no-nonsense New Republic in terms of the emergency beacon has called, you know, the X-Wing Space Police to this spot. Hey, there is an aggressive fighter powering up. Uh, We are shooting with deadly intent to kill here. Uh, There's kind of not, you know, and I'm assuming it it helps in terms of, you know, uh, the new Republic acting in a just way, you know, they're in the outer rim. It's a lawless sector, things like that, but just kind of that ability to, you know, we're just going to shoot into this docking bag and blow up whoever's in there because, you know, don't mess with the new Republic. Maybe that was a factor in pulling back from the concept art of blowing up the entire station. I don't know that Joe the welder has earned, you know, the, the kind of immediate destruction of the station, but certainly, you know, fighter pilot, you know, whoever did.
1: Yeah. I don't have a problem with them blowing up a ship inside of it. They were clearly threatened by it. The signal was homed onto it to take out the whole station would have been a bit much. Matt zero is packing Boba Fett's rifle before the widow on, uh, the, the planet that, uh, the Mandalorian stopped off on to hide, had Bosk's rifle. I mean, does somebody in the last two episodes have Dengar's long gun or all of his band aids?
0: I just read it less as theory fodder and more as it's it's, you know, it is a production in joke or, you know, just use of oh I, I Young John Favreau always thought this was a cool gun, and now he's gonna to, to see it on screen, whether it's the Mandalorian's uh, holiday special gun, etcetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Um, as to kind of an in-universe answer, I'll just assume that these are all very, very common weapons, particularly amongst the, the outer rim set, and not this passing down of, you know, Bosque to this one and, and now, you know, Zero has actually killed this other character, et cetera.
1: Was the Alzok 3 job the one in which Xi'an's brother was left behind?
0: I'm going to say no, in part because, I don't know. I think that we're, we're meant to have quite quite a history suggested to us. I mean, what do we get in this episode? We get, uh, we get Mando and Ran used to, you know, pal around together doing jobs. We have Mando and Xi'an perhaps were intimate. Our Lady Never Tells. We have her brother being abandoned. Uh, we have Alzac 3 I'm assuming these are all separate incidents. And I say this slightly jokingly, but not, jokingly, not as jokingly as Tales of a New Republic prison transport. You know, undoubtedly in the next, I'll set up my own story clock. Between now and the next season of The Mandalorian, we are going to get Marvel Comics Presents... A Mandalorian limited run, and one of those is going to be, boom, talk Three, Alzoc Three, whatever it is, the the third planet in the system.
1: Well, that begs the other question: How long till we see this crew again with this grudge against the Mandalorian? You know they're coming back.
0: I'm going to say certainly not this season. I think that. I think it's probably one of those things that in the creation of a first season, you say, and we'll save this maybe for the future. It's not, hey, Bill Burr, keep a hole in your schedule for next July when we're doing season two, because we're definitely going to have you come back. I don't think that that's necessarily the intention while you're booking him, when he gets a script, when you're filming the episode, etc. I think it's just, let's get through this season and take a breath and then figure out what we're doing for next season. Um so could they come back absolutely my takeaway for the fact from the fact that they are living at the end of the episode is less to be continued and more to hammer home in this episode that the mandalorian is the same person that we've seen all along which is somebody who will not indiscriminately kill people despite the fact that he's you know rather indiscriminately Mow down people but it's it's different it's different when it's faceless bad guys versus this crew of you know of knaves
1: so a bunch of people now have seen the child and no one knows what it is
0: and to me that's in line with i think something that i've mentioned in the past as well this this notion that we know that the prequels were made X number of years later and were made with so much more money and so much more technology. That's why they look so fancy. But what's the in-universe answer? The in-universe answer is the Republic falls away in the empire. There is, you know, there is decay. There's less uh, information out there. There's less of a, of a flourishing civilization. So people just start to forget. You're not reading about Jedi master Yoda on your hollow newspaper every day as he, declares that the new learning annex is open or something like that there's just kind of this turning away of life of science of of news of truth etc and of course people aren't going to I mean we we already know it's a rare enough species but of course nobody would recognize him nobody's gonna nobody has the memory to say wait there was this guy Yoda who you know uh, he was always on the news for giving these great commencement speeches your best you will do graduates young you know like All of that has kind of faded away. Uh, And I think it just gets reinforced episode after episode where people go, what is that? I mean, we have Mayfeld thinking that it is a pet. Uh, Yes, he's a tad sadistic. He's tried being a pet owner before. It didn't take. uh, But he's not even sure that this is a sentient being.
1: Yeah, and I think it's best that you have that confusion unless... Somebody's going to, you know, with some authority, probably from a friendly perspective, know what it is. And I'm fine with that. On species, Matt, important to note here that uh, Quinn is the first ever live action male Twi'lek.
0: It's interesting that you should say that because when he was revealed to be male, it kind of felt... To my mind, it was like, I guess my my subconscious or my my barely conscious mind was saying, oh, wait, isn't this a female thing? And I guess by thing, I was vaguely meaning like species. Um, Certainly, ultimately, it is at the service of the story, the fact that it's brother-sister. We get to see Quinn's uh, cold-heartedness that he'll leave his sister behind. We get um, the fact that the sister... Perhaps has been with the Mandalorian in an intimate way, although Pete not so intimate that the helmet came off. Um, but certainly a fun fact there. And and let's stay with Sheon for a second. Pete, cards on the table. Was there a was there an emotional and or physical relationship between the Mandalorian and Sheon in the past?
1: Absolutely. And uh, you better keep your helmet on, Matt. Always put the helmet on.
0: Absolutely. I mean, he's 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 a healthy man because he's been safe like that. It is the way. What other theories do you have, Pete?
1: Well, I mean, ever since the Jawas took apart the Razor Crest, fans, viewers have been interested if the toilet is still there. And Matt, we finally have confirmation. Vac tubes back. All right.
0: I mean, it just makes sense, all right? The Mandalorian, he's only human Mandalorian-ish. He's, Pete, he is an organic biped. He has to do what one has to do. Hugh so, Mandalorian? Hugh Mandalorian. Um, thank goodness he has a vac tube, because sometimes we all need to hit that vac tube.
1: And speaking of the vac tube, Matt, if it weren't for the good people of com slash Fantastic Geek, the toilet's around here would not flush
0: pete hopefully our razor crest is operating at higher than 67.8 efficiency uh and a lot of that efficiency is due to the people who do support us on patreon making sure that at the end of the day all the bleeps and the bloops and all our all our transmissions are not all garbled it doesn't take a droid to decode them Hopefully it's just clear transmission from our end to yours. And uh, thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek.
1: All it takes is a dollar a month uh, for us to be able to go out and hunt down all these bounties for you. So thank you again. All right. Extend that antenna.
0: Pete, let's go to our Twitter poll, which... One star, zero, beep boop, that's my droid sound, zero uh, percent. Two stars, sit the job out, zero percent. Three stars, great devil, 17 percent. And four stars, commander Faloni. 83 percent. So some hearty responses there. And a tweet from Jesse, that's at JWE lot, who says, succinctly but heartfeltly, best episode yet.
1: I don't know that I'd necessarily agree that... Jawa episode, you know, just remains such a high point to attempt to rival. But with two episodes left, we're going to give it a shot.
0: I do find myself measuring each episode against the others, which is natural enough. But it, there's kind of this weird echo where it's like I've seen the first episode, you know, six times, and then the next episode six times next episode five times and it's like oh there's this new thing it's not as good as the thing that I saw six times and i now I'm savagely noting like look did you see the astromech droid when he first lands at mud city you know things like that where yeah, uh, uh, sometimes the damage doesn't look as bad out here sometimes you need a little perspective on a season uh and <laughs> we'll certainly get that at the end of the season
1: We have a pair of Apple Podcast reviews left for us that are going to be entered into our drawing for a Funko Pop pre-order of the child vinyl figure, uh, available a little later on in 2020. The first was left by uh, M. Reesy 990, and the headline is Simply the Best. Uh, It says, Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Matt and Pete bring the passion, and it comes across in the discussion every week for this great TV show and the Star Wars universe as a whole. Great job, guys!
0: Well, thank you so much. I think it's this is a TV project worth getting passionate about.
1: I particularly appreciate how uh, M. uh, aped my opening for uh, some of our other podcasts. So, bravo! The second review was left by uh, R.L. Simpson 2. The headline is Fun and Informative, five stars, and it reads, I first discovered you guys about six months ago when looking for a podcast to a company finally getting around to watch Agent Carter and really enjoyed your insights. You have brought the same fantastic, spelled it right here, Matt, with the P and the H, coverage to Mandalorian. Keep up the great work.
0: Well, so glad to know that an older podcast and one from a property that is uh, sadly still canceled, uh, not counting the Captain Carter return uh, in What If this summer, Uh, but nice to hear that that old thing is leading us to new listeners and and whatnot, so uh, thank you very much there. With that, Pete, now it is the time of End of Return of the Jedi cheering throughout the galaxy let's hear from our pal
2: fred in the netherlands hello matt and pete this is fred from the netherlands with some feedback for the mandalorian season one episode six nice action-packed episode really really nice what of course was very annoying is this teasing bunch and that the mandalorian went along with them uh, was very well not up his alley but he surprisingly remained calm and I found it a little annoying actually that when he proved that he was able to do things, so killing 5-6 robots, they still were teasing him. You always have better than bad. So uh, it was very funny that Mayfield was surprised when he said to Quinn, what about your sister Xian?" And he said, What about her? And even this teasing guy was amazed and said, Nice family. Not a set of very trustworthy people. I think the one you can trust the most is Zero. Several very nice twists at the end. First, of course, that he put a tracker on Xian uh, when he brought him back to Rensar Malk. And the second twist was of course that the gang was still alive in prison. But he said no killings. I actually was quite amazed that this berg did survive the two doors that closed. And wow that Xian is good with her knives. But the Mandalorian is still better. And probably he did kill Zero. But the Mandalorian hates droids anyway. Also this episode proves again as I said before in previous podcasts. That actually, these episodes are all standalone episodes. And the only connection is that he takes care of the child. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. And I will watch the next Runaways episode so I can get my feedback for Season 3 Episode 2 to you in time. You have a schedule, but you actually put me on one too. Great, Fred. Pete.
0: Speaking of cross promotion, there, Fred giving us a (laughs) shout out over on our, you know, shout out towards our Runaways podcast. Yeah, and Fred, Fred keeping pace with his wise thoughts here. Uh, An interesting observation, uh, Fred, kind of mentioning. First of all, the obvious, like it, it wasn't his observation to start out with, but the fact that the Mandalorian is out of his uh, element suggesting the fact that perhaps the Mandalorian has had a change versus who he was in his mysterious past.
1: Oh, I think it's completely apparent from the way that Rand explains when they were together, and though the work wasn't difficult for the Mandalorian that he was a different person and now they catch up with him and he is the loner the irony being of course that he has the child with him that they don't discover until a little bit later uh so again it's all within the characterization of uh Pedro Pascal's character
0: Fred also giving an interesting theory there is Zero the most trustworthy one just in terms of You know, he does act in a very rational, logical way. Pete was about to kill the child.
1: He is the least trustworthy of them all. Damn droids.
0: (laughs) So I guess there's no hashtag trust in zero campaign coming from Pete.
1: Whatsoever.
0: Uh, Lastly, Pete, I think Fred hammering home this notion here. This is a show that has a standalone episode model first and foremost the fact that there are some connections between the episodes runs secondary to the fact that, as he said, they're all meant to be standalone first.
1: Definitely. But again, the, the through line, the idea that this is essentially the, the lone wolf and the cub from week to week. Okay. We stop here. Can't stay here. We go here. Doesn't really work out. Uh, I do love that they have not immediately answered who was it that went up to Fennec Shand at the end of the previous episode. We can tease these out for a little bit and return to them.
0: Probably best for those angry YouTubers and bloggers. That's bloggers with a Z because they're edgy Pete. What with their predictions. They don't want Star Wars to let them down again. Not since they gave up on Star Wars forever last time before they, Went to this show and then pre-bought their tickets for Rise of Skywalker, etc. But Pete, most importantly, okay, every day, children run up, run up to us and say, how can I be like Fred in the Netherlands? How can I be in touch with you guys? So Pete, let's start with Twitter. How can people be in touch with you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,939 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I am personally on Twitter is looking back lost Do be in touch. with The podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are fantastic. Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more
1: facebook.com slash fantastic. Geek with the pH all one word like it today.
0: Well, Pete, for those listening on the pop culture podcast feed, you got some Star Trek short treks coming your way shortly after this. You have some runaways tomorrow. You have some watchmen on Wednesday and, uh, mandalorian star wars movie i'm in crazy super fun times pete but for now i'm going to say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word
1: no questions asked that's the policy